Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Nick Gray of Android and I get together again. And while we were expecting to talk about Google I.O., uh, for the most part in this episode, we actually got a little carried away talking about the Sony announcements. It was a big week for them as well. We talk a little bit about the Xperia 1 Mark IV, of which I do have a prototype, and I did have a video out on it over on my channel. And then I'm actually wearing the new headphones that were just announced uh, uh, during this podcast. After that, though, it's all Google I.O. Pixel everything, Pixel ecosystem, Pixel Watch, Pixel 6a, all of that stuff in a long conversation in this chunky episode that I hope you all will enjoy. Oh, Google Google replied to my tweet. <laughs> We're going to talk about Google I.O. a little bit later on the show, but I just want to mention like a tweet. Like it's always nice when, you know... What's the term? Senpai notice me whenever they <laughs> actually reply. So made by Google on Twitter replied to my tweet. That's because I found out that the Pixel Buds Pro have a lemongrass uh, colorway. And lemongrass is one of the best things in the world. If you ever eat um, Vietnamese or Thai food, really any most Asian foods have lemongrass components in them some way or another. Uh, but you might know them most from Thai and Vietnamese food. So when I saw lemongrass, I was like, hell yeah. And I got this image of like the Pixel Buds pros like floating in a bowl of pho. <laughs> They're not going to do that, but sure. No, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to do that. Aren't, don't, aren't they like IP57 water resistant? So you could totally do it. We'll see. Maybe I'll put them in a little like plastic baggie and then I'll, <laughs> then I'll put it that way. You know, but you got to figure out a unique way to review each headphone pit that come out because, you know, there's you a can't lot. get stale. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, lemongrass helps with uh, stale food. Anyway, the <laughs> lemongrass. Yeah. What I what I tweeted was lemongrass Pixel Buds Pro. Period. That was all I tweeted, and then uh, Google Google or made by Google rather um, response. That's it. That's the tweet. And I'm like, indeed, that is the tweet. Um, so I hope I hope that means that when those units come in at some point, that is the color I get. Because if it isn't, I'm going to call them out on my video and go, what happened? Why why, why didn't I get No, this? they're sending you the black ones and that's it. You, you <laughs> no. just get the black. So um, we're, we're going to come back to that in a second. But there are there is one other company that we got to talk about this week. Um, one reason is that we're both wearing products from Sony. Sony had a big week. Like it's a huge week this week for Sony. And it started off with a smartphone, one that is, Xperia's are always polarizing, I will admit. Um, everyone has an opinion on them, and it's always going to be like some extreme. There are hardly ever, ever any people in the middle, uh, and if there are, they're called reviewers. <laughs> and that's, that's always how I am, and I, I, put a, I put a lot of thought into a video on a phone that I was only able to use so far by then for just a few days. That's how compelling this phone was to me. So I put a lot and of thought originally into it. you told me you had like 2000 words and it was going to be like a 20 minute video. Yeah, it was. And I was, was like, like it's not even a review. How can it be 20 minutes long? <laughs> I had so much to say about that phone because um, and I still have it um, just so I mean, this is all this is all on the record. And I said it in my video that um, Sony did let me hold on to the prototype. So in every video that I do moving forward, I have to be very clear that it is a prototype and things can change. And I think everyone understands that. The reason why I pushed so hard to have that phone is because I'm actually going to be gone for a month. Um, I'm going to do my best to still have the Pocket Now Weekly happening, but uh, I'm going to be gone for a month in the Philippines out to see Isa, and I want to vlog with this phone. They have the vlog monitor. They have the vlog handle. These cameras are pretty damn incredible for very specific reasons, and I want to actually put them through their paces. Um, 
in a real scenario. So there are, there are a number of things we're going to do with this phone, okay? This was your idea. I think it was your idea. Use the phone as the main camera, your only camera. Yes, this was my my idea. I said, leave your Panasonic at home. Don't I'm, take I'm it still, on your trip. I'm still bringing and it. And <laughs> just record every video that you do while you're in the Philippines with the Sony. Because I well, think that would be an amazing testament to see if a creator the key demographic that these phones are made for can use it as their main device. Forget, you know, a mirrorless DSLR, anything like that with, you know, dedicated lenses. This is supposed to have the best of the best when it comes to hardware and incredible 4k capabilities at 120 FPS across all of its lenses on the back of the phone, which means you should be able to pretty much get any type of frame that you want. You're not going to have that depth of field, of course, but, I, I think it would show the true testament to what Sony is actually trying to achieve with these smartphones. I agree. So at minimum, I'm going to have, I'm going to revisit the phone as a gaming device because we, this is one of, this is one of those, um, like what, what clickbaity title can you think of? But it's the Sony Xperia one Mark four is a all caps gaming phone because there's so many features. There's a game enhancer. There's all these toolbox settings. Um, and honestly, it's one of the only phones that doesn't have a notch, that actually prioritizes a full screen experience, has dual speakers and a headphone jack. This is a gaming phone, guys. Like Sony is actually putting in the right things that we would expect from quote unquote mm -hmm. gaming phones like Red Magics and Black Sharks. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that. Then a vlog or two, because I'm going to be in some beautiful places. And then, like you said, using it as the main camera, I'm going to use it to review what I'm wearing because I do actually have the WH-1000X Mark Vs. And um, right now, as we're doing the podcast, this is my way of testing out the ambient sound, ambi yeah, ambient sound mode here in the office. Because one of, one of the things that I don't like when we do podcasts or if I do any like audio-based content, even video calls, is when I put on headphones, I can't hear um, what's going on around me. I have, I'm constantly on alert. So I'm always like, I got to hear my surroundings. I got to, it's a safety thing. You should be like me, lock yourself in the attic and don't care about what sounds are going on around you because they don't <laughs> matter anymore. Unless there's like a little meow in the corner, right? Like you have little, <laughs> your little kittens. Well, that's, that's why I had to get rid of the little kits before you started the podcast because they were going <laughs> to meow and you were going to hear them on the podcast, but Which they are locked be, downstairs. I, I would just put in the show notes that that's your ringtone. So that's all I'm going <laughs> to Yeah, Totally. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to bring up the Xperia, we, 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 we were just about to talk a little bit about cameras on various phones and it included the Xperia. So I was like, oh, no, 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 we got to say this on the podcast. You revealed to me a very profound uh, oversight, let's call it an omission in a phone that I was actually kind of excited to check out. And that would be the Honor Magic 4 Pro. Reviews of it are starting to go out right now. People are getting their hands on it. This is the first flagship one of the first, this is the, not one of the first, because the Honor 50 was out a little while ago. I wouldn't call that a flagship, but this is one of the first Honor phones to come out with Google services on, which is a big deal. We're finally going to get Honor hardware again with Google services. Correct. Yeah, this is their first uh, debut into Western markets post uh, being under Huawei. So this is their first big launch, uh, specifically, I believe the devices we got were intended for the UK market. Uh, so they're not us specific, but they're the UK is their first launch market in Europe. And then they're going to be rolling out in other markets in Europe as well with this device in mm -hmm. the coming weeks. So you, you, you told me something very disappointing about the camera system. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go well, first off? I I, I want to commend uh, Honor for going with a zoom camera on the back. It's a three point three x zoom camera, but it's actually a periscope zoom camera, which means they can fit in a much larger sensor to capture more detail with that, rather than uh, a lot of devices that are on the market, uh, namely some Samsung devices that have a three x zoom camera, but because it's not a periscope camera. They have to use a much smaller sensor in order to have the the distance between the lens and the sensor so that it can capture all that field of view that you need for that 3X. Going with periscope camera, you get a lot more room uh, so you can use a lot, a lot larger of a sensor in order to do that, capturing more detail. But to your point of, hey, when you switch over to video, what happens when you start recording video? Absolutely it, nothing absolutely from the Periscope nothing. camera. So and if you're recording video and you go to Zoom, it crops in on the main 50 megapixel sensor on the back of the phone, which is a good sensor, but it doesn't utilize that 3X or 3.5X Zoom Periscope camera on the back, which would be amazing to use for Zoom capabilities. I mean, not as good as what you get on a Pixel with a 4X and other devices with you know 5 or even 10X Periscope cameras, but still not using it at all is a tremendous oversight. I'd, there must be some technical limitations to why that was implemented because they wouldn't have done it on purpose. Yeah, I, I agree. And on and speaking of on purpose, like I was, I just filmed like a quick um, TikTok reel of uh, me unboxing this phone, and I was already kind of happy about the way that the camera hump is designed because, like, that's oh, it's cool. beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. It's completely circular. It looks like the OnePlus 7T that had that circular camera module on the back. Uh, it doesn't protrude as much, I believe, as the OnePlus nope. 7Ts did. Uh, it's a little bit larger, but it's very elegant in the way that they did it. Like it's and very it's symmetrical. symmetrical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's symmetrical with the periscope in the middle. And it's like, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I mean, bit... at the unveiling at Mobile World Congress, they, they talked about the design. I think they call it the Helix design or something like that. Doesn't it say um, that here? Oh, no, it doesn't. I thought it did. It, it doesn't. Um, but I, they talk, They specifically talked about the design of the camera module. And, you know, I don't think it deserved a minute on stage talking about the design. But it's definitely something to point out. It does look really nice. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's a big bummer. And the, the other reason why it's a big bummer um, is because we have other phones like the Xperia One Mark IV. Even if it was a prototype, mm-hmm. it's giving us a really good look into like how this is going to be. Like, you, we have everything in the phone. It's just not optimized yet. It's not fully like baked yet. Maybe there's one thing missing in the Music Pro application, sure. But as far as the hardware is concerned, this is what we're getting. It's just that they're still working out any software kinks for the most part. So in that one, we actually have wide angle, a main sensor, and then we have an actual like optical zooming. Um, lens after that one that works really well actually i should say well and to point Um, out when you say optical zoom we're talking about real optical zoom we're not talking about a fixed fixed telephoto and they did this last year on the pro i sort of so they have a periscope camera with the pro i that could have two distinct focal lengths uh, and it, you could choose one or the other. So you could zoom, I think it was like 3x and then 6x or whatever. I can't remember the numbers. But this time you actually can zoom anywhere within that range, giving mm-hmm. you a dramatic uh, capability that we really haven't had on 
any smartphone ever. I think the only time we really got anything similar to this was with Samsung's Galaxy cameras back in the day. Remember their little point-and-shoot Android I remember, but I don't, I don't recall the Zoom had, stuff. Well, it, it had, like any point-and-shoot pocket camera, it had a Zoom lens that came out, popped out of the body. Oh, and it acted like, and so, like, And so, yes, technically we had optical zoom there, but it wasn't a smartphone, right? Uh, well, it kind of was. There was an AT&T version that had uh, 4G connectivity, I believe. So technically you could make a phone call with it, but it was not a phone. <laughs> um, but I mean, Sony's gone above and beyond. Like not only have they given us this true zoom capabilities, but then with that sensor, you can actually capture 4K video, not at 30 frames per second, like a lot of the periscope cameras are limited to, not at 60 frames per second, which is double of what we get on periscope cameras, all the way to 120 FPS, which is it's, insane. You can shoot so, slow-mo video at 4K. And you've used it, so you tell me about it. It's sublime, honestly. Like, okay, again, prototype. So there are a couple of things, like I did notice that in the far range of the zoom, the stabilization. This is the thing though, any stabilization will do the, its best, but if you're far in the range, if you're past, let's say 75 millimeters equivalent on a, on a camera, it's hard to keep it steady. Like it's hard to mm -hmm. really, like you have to, you have to really, you have to be super Zen to actually have super steady footage just because you need to be as steady as possible. Uh, but that being said, one of my favorite things with uh, this camera was I have the mentality that I have with my main cameras, where if I put an 85 millimeter lens on one of my cameras, I'm putting foreground elements, I'm putting background elements. I'm mm -hmm. actually like, I'm-, I'm You're I'm framing the shot differently. Exactly, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually willfully stepping back to get it into frame properly, and the background compression is great and all that stuff. That's something I never think about when I use a smartphone typically. And it wasn't until we started to see these periscope zoom lenses that that was like becoming a little bit of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't really make you feel, it doesn't make you think in that sense. And then you add features on there like HDR video, 120 frames, um, and just sharp footage across the board. And it makes you want to be more creative. So there's a shot in my video that is probably my favorite shot. 120 frames per second slowed down to 25%. Um, and... It had a, there was a flower in the, in the foreground that was a, a beautiful flower. And in the background, a waterfall at my local Arboretum. And I used the videography pro mode to rack focus from one side to the other. When you think of the combination of things that I just used, and also it was HDR footage and I colored it, I, I, I did uh, color grading after the fact to make it look the way I wanted. Like all of that, you cannot find on any other phone in that combination. Not just that, that same combination and the just the catalog of features that I just used in one shot, all of those things put together, you can do that on any of those lenses. Mm -hmm. It is unified across the board. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've complained in the past, mostly with Chinese phones, that the settings are not unified. And now this Honor phone is another example of that. <laughs> like. You need to have every feature. It, it, it's a huge plus if you can have every feature available on every lens, because that just goes to show that you understand that it's useful. It's useful across the board. Well, but to that point, doing that costs money. And the price of this phone is $1,600. $1, 
Which and the way that, that I'm not I'm I'm not explaining away the price. I'm only going I'm only giving a perspective that I feel I'm going to share in, in an upcoming video after I actually use this as my main camera, as we discussed before. This is the cost of a flagship phone literally melded into a ZV1. Because a ZV1 is oh, what, correct. Six, 600 bucks or something like that? Like, no, you know, the ZV1, is, isn't it like nine? No, the newer not, one? Is not, not at this bucks? point. It's got to be lower. 748 there. So 748. Okay. So think of like a flagship Sony phone, rip out all of the camera guts and put in a ZV1. Like that's, that's what the Pro I was supposed to be, but features were not unified across the board. Now mm. features are unified across every one and... Front-facing camera, 4K video. You can do 4K. Front-facing camera, 4K video. Yeah. It's, you could do it's, talking it's heads. It's one of those things where you can't justify away the price, but the price is justified in the fact that this is not a smartphone. This is a professional tool mm -hmm. that doubles as a smartphone and a multi-purpose camera at the same time. This is the only reason to buy this phone. This is not a phone for the casual person to say, hey, I got the latest Sony phone. Check this out. It's someone who is actively using this device for content creation who also wants to make sure, hey, I need a phone at the same time and I don't want to carry two phones at once. This is my one you know, Swiss Army knife. Um, and everybody knows, like, if you get a good Swiss Army knife, the, the, the real ones, not those fake ones, they're a whole lot of money too. Like mm -hmm. Victorinox doesn't mess around. They they have premium products for a specific use case and they do the job, right? Yeah. And I will I will I will um very much I will I will advocate very hard for this phone because we're only talking about the camera right now, but let's not forget that it's also a fantastic um gaming machine. It, it has the chops for a lot of the gaming things mm -hmm. that I would otherwise do on the Red Magics and Black Sharks of the World, like I said before. It's also, and this is going to be super niche, I get it, it's also going to be a Walkman. It has that headphone jack, and it is able mm -hmm. to do high-res audio through that headphone jack, so you just need to have the right services. So that's another thing. Um, so it is so many things in one device. Is it amazing? Does it have a built-in music player? Like so many phones have given up their music player. Does it have a music app that looks you know, like a Walkman? You know, I'm not too sure, but because Sony it does should. have it should. Sony Sony does have their own music service though. So I'm trying to think what exactly that might be. No, but like I want the user interface to look like the front of a Walkman. Oh, I see what you mean. When I have it up. Like <laughs> that I would want be to pretty open cool. it up and it looks like a cassette player. If anything, Sony, if you're listening, this is the time to strike while the iron's hot because you bring back your Walkmans into a smartphone and just start saying, are you just just start pushing that because iPods were just discontinued completely. Yeah, right. The iPod was just <laughs> discontinued. Bring back the Walkman, the digital Walkman. It's time. It's time, Sony. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can gush all, all day about this phone. I will admit that there are a lot of people out there who are not going to look at this phone and think that that, that it's going to be their everyday device. Because it's capable of all of those things. But the conveniences that have, for lack of a better term, spoiled us on smartphones from the Pixels to the iPhones of the world, um, that's not here. <laughs> it's just not. You need no, to treat this and, camera the way you treat a studio camera. Like, that's yes, what it is. Yeah, correct. And what we get from the camera when you just leave it on auto mode, it leaves a lot to be desired. This is not a phone that you want to just point and shoot and take a picture. 
um, when you're doing side by side shots. It, yeah. And you were saying even in low light conditions, it doesn't perform as as what we would expect from a modern day smartphone. It it takes a different approach with mm -hmm. photography. But I will say it's better at um, anybody who uses a camera on the regular will know what to expect from this phone because it is the same thing. Do you bring even your full frame camera into pitch dark situations? Probably not. Even a full frame camera will struggle. <laughs> I just did last night. Well, that's the thing though. Like, th you that does bring your have... tripod. You See there, your tripod there's still considerations. There's still considerations to be made. And also, you're also talking about like a huge sensor compared to obviously what you get on a smartphone. Mm -hmm. But still, you have these thoughts of like, oh, maybe my camera, I need something else. I need a light or I need this or that. It's just not going to be the best in that situation. And I understand that. If you can understand that, then you know how to take advantage of the Xperia cameras a lot better. Obviously, outdoor um, controlled lighting, all that stuff, it's going to sing. Like this phone, this camera is going to sing. It's going to really be a super fun camera system to use. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to actually using it as a main camera with the caveats again, of course, of, you know, it's prototype. So if anything goes wrong, I have to be very upfront about that. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's, it's great. And I, and I honestly think that it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Sony fan, especially since just this morning, was it this morning or yesterday morning? I think it was this morning. The no, no, yesterday morning. The it was yesterday. The new headphones were officially announced. They're available for pre-order right now, and I am using them. This is day one for me. I gotta say, this we we discussed this at one point on the podcast before. Um, why use the WH headphones over something like the AirPods Max and vice versa? We came to the conclusion that while I agree the noise cancellation on Sony headphones is top of the line, it's probably king. Um, it depends on just what kind of, obviously it depends on what kind of sensation Situation you want to in. hear. That too, but also the sensation yeah. of it, because it does have that sort of suction-y feel, um, which doesn't bother me, but I know a couple of people where it bothers them. Uh, that being said, if you can look past that, if it doesn't matter to you, best noise cancellation in the game. But I did say the AirPods Max are more comfortable even if they are hard to travel with. Well, Sony was like, hold my hold my beer. <laughs> we can make ours more uncomfortable to travel with as well. <laughs> but this is the thing. These headphones, it's only been one day, but I think I can pretty confidently say these are the most comfortable headphones I've used. It is at or above the level of the AirPods Max in terms of just of just feel and comfort. Well, the flip side though, when traveling, Mm -hmm. These are the first ones in a while from Sony that do not fold down and yes. become more compact, which is, I think... The case, it's a cool case, though. I have to admit, like, it's a cool-looking case. And it's not huge. It's not it's huge, but I, for anyone you're about to get on an airplane and fly internationally, imagine taking that huge case in and out of your bag, you know, six to eight times over the course of, you know, 12, 16 hours while you're fumbling other things out of your bag, it is not the most compact case ever. Honestly, yeah. I think it's it's pretty massive. It's it, yes, compared to before, it is. And even um, I, I gave my Mark IVs to my mother for a trip, and she adores them. She's like, "Yeah, these are really comfortable too." And I'm like, "Yeah." See, here's the thing: you can. I was telling my parents, you can put on the old pair and the new pair, and they both feel the same to you. That's fine. <laughs> but somebody like me, I have to like really nitpick and whatnot mm -hmm. um but i do think these are very comfortable and to achieve that they went with this sort of rod um extending 
design, um, which means there's like one large rod in the headband that goes in and out so that you can change the size or the length of the of the stems. But that means the stem is not foldable. <laughs> it's just yeah. not, it's a solid. I mean, honestly, piece. like while the Sonys did sort of collapse before, they didn't completely collapse. Like one cup would go in and the other would fold down flat. Uh, compared to my older V-Moda headphones, which I love, those actually curl up into a little ball like this uh, because they the, the two cups fold in on themselves and uh, the case was actually kind of roundish. You could actually roll it around on a table or on the floor. Um, so yes, they don't fold up completely or partially like they did before. The cups turned, they turned flat though, right? They do turn flat. However, there were there were a couple of people complaining that when you have it, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm not I'm not going to hear you for a bit, but when you put the headphones around your neck, they don't come downward like this. There's a stopping point. They actually the ear cups will face outward, which is less mm. fashionable to a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, these are these are good looking and stylish headphones, but that's not a really fashionable thing. But I understand. Here's the thing, though. Every time I come across one of these complaints that people have, and I and I I kind of agree to an extent for all of them. I can also see why that choice was made. The reason why that choice is made is because when you open up the case and the ear cups are facing downward in that protected area, when you take it out, like let's say you know, you, you're in an airplane seat, you take out this case, big as it might be, you put it on your lap, you open it up, and when you take the headphones out, you're already at left, right. You're already mm -hmm. on the correct side. Then you just yeah, fold you don't them. have to fumble and adjust them. You just pull them up and put them on. Exactly. So I get that. It would be confusing if they allowed for the ear cups to rotate the other way around because then you can mix it up. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes and no. So I will say this, though. With my XM4s, I've had them for a couple of years now, and I have never used the case for these ever while traveling. They've. I just throw them in my bag and they get beat up. But, but for the fact that they can fold in a little bit, they, they can take the brunt of that force a little bit more than probably these can. It'll be interesting to see how they the new fives hold up over time. Mm, I agree. For, for somebody who like me who doesn't who doesn't consistently throw them in a case when traveling. Yeah, I mean, I can see myself using them as an accessory. And by that, I mean, as I'm entering the, head, the, the, the airport, they're already around my neck. So mm -hmm. I'm not even bothering to put them in a, in a bag. They're just, yeah. they're my necklace, basically. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I, I could see myself doing that if I really, really feel pained by the fact that this case is larger and it doesn't fold down. Um, that being said, I have traveled with AirPods Max before. It wasn't easy, but I did it, so I can do it and, with this. And they're heavy. These are supposed to be lighter, too, than the previous ones? That's the other ones. thing, yeah. They are very but light. battery life has improved. I don't think it improved. Slightly. Isn't it 30, 30 was on the last one too, right? I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. I, I think, it I think like, it's the same as before. It's 30. Same as um, 30 hours. Yeah. Which really is just them saying full day. <laughs> it's, well, it's, I mean, full day. That's, that's, I mean, with ANC on, it probably goes down to like 25. 24 to 25 but that's yeah. that's a full 24 hours so realistically yeah. if you're listening to music for eight hours a day that's three full days on a single <laughs> charge exactly uh with fast charging which is awesome just a few minutes on there get you like hours back already and um yeah the the battery life with these and the comfort 
with how light they are. I have a 13 and a half hour flight and that's not even the full trip. That's me going to a layover. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have a 13 hour trip coming up soon. That's going to be important for me, obviously. So I'm looking forward to actually like putting it in that context and on the plane and in the terminals, when I film uh, shots of myself using these headphones, it's all going to be done on the Xperia. So Sony on Sony. Well, what we want is um, a full review based off of the trip and the experience uh, on a flight and using these on a flight. And we want the review posted uh, four hours after you arrive. Who's we? Who's, who's this we? The internet. The internet. <laughs> I want to well, know, man. I don't have mine yet. So I, mm -hmm. I need to live vicariously through your real world experience. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing as much as possible. I've been kind or of you should just live, Or you should just live stream it from the phone because you can do live streaming. I do want to, to do that, like, because I've been I've been struggling to bring back a live stream every Tuesday. Tech and T. I've been struggling to bring it back, and while I'm on the go, I put my Google Fi SIM in there. They they upped the data cap, so I have plenty of room. Mm -hmm. So I put the Google Fi SIM in the Xperia and just live stream from from the phone. I, I'm I'm definitely gonna. That there's another one. Yeah. Credit Nick for all the all the Xperia ideas. All all the ideas. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm Josh's manager now. I'm telling him what to do. Make sure you have it on my desk by Tuesday. <laughs> all right well speaking of what the internet wants we all had a lot of collective thoughts in regards to announcements made at this week's google io now apparently there was a uh, in-person component and a few of our peers were able to go so i'm um, you know a little bit of jealousy on our parts but all that aside we were able to watch the keynote and react on mass to what was announced. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to go ahead and talk through some of those things. I mean, Nick and I were the ones who speculated on it last week. So let's go ahead and give our actual reactions to everything after the break. Hey, you went to an in-person thing. I was the one stuck here in my office. It's true. And here we go. We're just coming right, right back. Um, I did go to an in-person thing. Thank goodness they someone even tried to do it. Well, you're the one who lives in the middle of the country. They did it in New York and LA, first of all. So <laughs> these are the two massive hubs. Uh, but there is a, um, a group. I'm sure people have seen hashtag Team Pixel on the internet. Uh, Team Pixel, that whole group, um, it's that group hosted watch parties in both New York and LA. Now, I'm very happy that they did something in LA. I've been saying we should do more local things here because San Diego has a lot of tech companies. LA has a lot of creators. It should happen more often here. So they invited people to come and I was included on there. I'm not technically on Team Pixel, like, um, but they did invite me. I have been on Team Pixel before. So I was there and we were able to do a watch party in the Roosevelt Hotel. I gotta say though, it seemed like the New York one was a little bit, might have been a little bit more. Like, there's more going on there. <laughs> really, a well, little I, bit. Well, I think the New York one also had overlapped with their Team Pixel PR team and their mm -hmm. internal watch party. So I, yeah, they had you know, actual people, more people from their PR team that's working on the account in conjunction with team pixel so yeah it would definitely be a little bit larger i don't hey, know why where? are you complaining there was nothing here in cleveland no team pixel event <laughs> whatsoever for the three people who are in the cleveland area google if you're listening we need something local here 
Rest yeah, my case. I mean, I've been complaining about it for years, and it may, maybe maybe that's how we got to do it. You know, you you can manifest it if you just say it enough. You know, like yeah. let's do something in we Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland and, rocks. Come on, guys. <laughs> so uh, we could just spitball for this next like half of the show. Um, any what were the what were your favorite things coming out of the IO announcements? Well, I mean, we put together the top announcements from Google IO, and you know. Yes, there's the hardware component to this where we saw the Pixel 6 teasers for our upcoming Pixel devices as well. But then so much software stuff. It was insane. Like it was just like one after another after another. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start off, start off with the hardware, which I think most people find to be the most interesting? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that because as far as software development was concerned, even at the watch party, I was standing next to Mark Sangen, shouts out to the homie, and then TK was there as well. I haven't seen him in forever, so um, we were all there. <laughs> and I remember we were like standing there like, when? Two, it was a two-hour keynote, and we got to like an hour and a half, and we all looked at each other and went, are we going to get anything? <laughs> like, are we going to get any hardware news? <laughs> and then in literally 25 minutes, you're like, Hardware, 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 hardware. <laughs> exactly. One after I mean, another. So yeah. the, the hardware that was officially unveiled, first and foremost, the Google Pixel 6a, which is the new mid-range flag mid-range flagship, I'm gonna call it, because this is sporting yeah. the same tensor chipset as the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. So essentially the equivalent of a Snapdragon 888 from last year flagship tier performance. It only has six gigabytes of RAM, so it's not pushing the boundaries of what a true flagship has to offer. But at $449, I don't think you can really expect more than this. Yep. Um, the display I'm, I'm... is yeah. a little bit smaller than last year's Pixel 5a at 6.1 inch, but it is a full HD plus display, 60 hertz though, so we're not getting the 90 hertz like some people were speculating. And then the cameras are pretty much the same as well uh, with actually this time slightly different two 12 megapixel sensors for a main and an ultra wide camera on the back of the phone. And then that same eight megapixel sensor that we've seen on the A series for a couple of years now, which might be a little disappointing to some people, but it still takes really good pictures. If anyone's used a Pixel A series smartphone, you know how good the selfies turn out on those devices. Yeah, but we're also now applying Tensor's ISP image Correct. processing to these Correct. cameras, which we already said were pretty good on the Pixel 5 and the 5A. Um, so I'm really interested to see exactly how much of those enhancements that we enjoy on the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro will make it to these admittedly lesser cameras, but it might actually, in, in, the middle ground is going to be found in some ways. I say if that front-facing camera still keeps 4K, 4K video recording. It won't. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't? No, it's only That's 1080p. been confirmed? I mean, well, I mean, the Pixel 6 doesn't even have 4K video from the Oh, you're camera. right. Shoot. Um, that, that's why even though I tell everybody they should buy the Pixel 6, I use the Pixel 6 Pro because that selfie camera up front gives me 4K video. Damn, I, I forgot about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, well, there you go. Unfortunately, um, I was about to give it a lot of praise and, and I was going to give a hot... You should still give it praise because there's nothing else on the market at that price point that's going to deliver Indeed. that same camera experience. I mean... It just sort of 
it just sort of pokes a hole in my whole thing of like, I wanted to give an early hot take of that. This might be the phone of the year because it's going to be the easiest phone to recommend to anybody who is an Android person. I, I definitely agree on that front. Yeah. There's like for, for a couple of years, it was like, yeah, you should buy this one plus phone. You know, if you like a good experience software, you should buy this one plus it's good all the way around. That's not the case anymore since one plus has moved so high up market. And the Pixel A series has really taken that mid-range segment, uh, especially these last couple of years, with a price point that's not too hard on your wallet and a performance, especially with this incredibly powerful chipset on the inside. This is going to be an incredible device at 450 bucks. Of yeah. course, we are going to have to wait. Pre-orders start July 21st. Which they is, pulled the Sony, kind of. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the phone goes on sale uh, a week, a week later, July twenty yeah. eighth. So I, I floated the idea to the people since at at the uh, watch party, we should do the now. Okay, I said this from the perspective of a buyer. Uh, obviously, review units are a thing, so we'll see what that looks like for all of us. But I was like, from the perspective of a buyer, it'd be really cool if we could like pre-order them on the twenty-first. But let's make a trip out to the to the stores in New York and pick them up ourselves, and like that could be a cool thing for content. I might do that. Who knows? Maybe we'll do that. And um, you know, maybe you want to do that too. You can head over to New York and actually make something happen rather than <laughs> waiting for Cleveland to get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, we're we're gonna get a Google store here soon too. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm 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 really looking forward to this phone. Um, the the even though the cameras are not going to be quite as powerful, you can't really expect too much. But when you think about it, the the pixel processing and hopefully some of the video enhancements are going to be applied to this as well. Like I said, it's the Tensor chip after all. Uh, that 450 undercuts even the Samsung Galaxy A53 5G. And the A53 has its own compromises mm -hmm. on both the processor and the camera level. And you can argue that that's not necessarily being done on the 6A, especially when it comes to the processor. Um, so that's why I'm like, okay, like it's striking a middle ground while still managing to like provide a lot more than some of these other mid-range devices. Um, I just was looking at uh, a couple of other mid-range devices. Uh, recently they had, um, well, I don't know if we will call the Moto G Stylus uh, that was announced a little while back um the it's, like a, a, it's a mid-range phone yeah for the most part like it has its stylus and whatnot but even then think about all of these think about all the times you used certain devices that are in that price range of four to five hundred let's say you know exactly where you might feel like it's not top tier and mm. if this if the pixel 6a feels top tier at 440 449 that's a huge deal um Voice, voice typing, Google Assistant, what else on Tensor? Like a lot of a lot of these software things that we enjoy on the Pixel line uh, since Tensor became a thing. Now it's just it's just affordable and it's crazy. Well, and the thing to add on top of this is that they this phone, unlike last year's Pixel Five A that launched in what two markets, mm -hmm. the U.S. and Japan, this is launching in uh, at least twelve markets. Uh, right at the beginning, and it's going to be carried by Verizon and uh, AT&T. T-Mobile hasn't said yet. I don't believe if they are going to be carrying the phone, uh, but having <laughs> a Pixel A series carried by two carriers uh, where we uh, haven't had carrier support in the past. There's, 
there's another carrier, technically. Google Fi. <laughs> Google Fi is T-Mobile. What are you talking about? Well, it's MV- you're, you're MVNO. You're talking Dish. Dish Network. <laughs> Dish Network is the fourth carrier. Spectrum Mobile. No, no it's Dish. Dish is uh, the fourth that they segregated out. No, I mean, the big three make up 90% of the oh, market. Sure. So let, let's uh, yeah. be honest there. Um, um, okay, so that's Pixel 6a. Looking forward to an affordable. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a mid-range phone. Um, and I'm I'm making the effort to move into mid-range segment because of this phone. And as far as my content is concerned, um, I've been very vocal about hating to do versus videos as a content mm-hmm. creator. I'm willing to do it now for the 6a versus the Galaxy A53 for the Galaxy A53 versus the Nord. And like, screw that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Pixel 6a versus a Galaxy S22 Plus. Which one should you buy? Mm, no, that one honestly that, that makes like, sense too. Yeah, you know, you should probably save more than half your money and buy the Pixel. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking of those people who only have this price range to spare. So it's like, you know, of of the mid range phones that mm-hmm. you see on the front desk when you walk into a Verizon or an AT and T, like what which yep. one? Because those are the ones that are given top billing, top priority. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, speaking of top billing. Uh, why why did we get a look at the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro already? I don't know. So for, <laughs> for those who didn't watch Google I.O. or read any of the news, we got our first official look at the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro. As far as the design goes, not much else. They talked about the camera bar across the back of the phone, which is now metal versus glass as cutouts for the lenses. Uh, two cutouts for the Pixel 6 Pro for three cameras on the back, and then a single cutout for the Pixel 6, or sorry, not the Pixel 6, Pixel 7 Pro, and then a single cutout for the Pixel 7 uh, with its two camera setup. And it's completely aluminum that melds into the frame of the phone, uh, kind of like we've seen Samsung doing and OnePlus doing. You know, they're trying to incorporate the camera module into the overall design of the phone. They did it a little bit with the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, but it was glass in the middle, kind of giving you that visor look across the back with that with a um, the black bar there. This time around, it's going to be a metal color. Uh, some some look like they're brushed uh, aluminum. The other some look like they are um, polished, uh, depending on which which one you're looking at. I think the pick, not which one, but the color variant that you're looking at for each of the two devices. That metal band, for lack of a better term, looked a little mm-hmm. sharp. But these are renders. But it looked a little sharp. I was a little bit worried about that personally. It does look sharp, but like if you compare it to the Pixel 6 Pro, um, the one thing that I don't like about the Pixel 6 Pro is that the metal frame around the camera module sticks up higher than the glass itself. Yeah. And I think this will allow it to not stick up as high and blend in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does kind of look like, you know, it might cut yourself a little bit on on the edge there if you rub your finger over it too fast 
Yeah. Uh, we also got a confirmation of when to expect it. So helps us as content creators plan out our <laughs> our year when they're like, coming fall. Coming <laughs> early fall. Uh, well, they didn't even say early fall. They just said fall. We're expecting it to be early fall. Uh, typically I mean, falls end what's of the September, term we use early every, October. Exactly. What's the term we use every year now? Techtober. Um, but it's more like tech month. Everything Every month is a tech month at this point. Everything's um, tech month. Um, so we the only other real information we got from them is that it's going to be using a new version of a Tensor chipset or a next generation Tensor chipset. So Tensor um, Well, I so what's been your take on the Tensor so far on the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro? Uh, have you been satisfied with it compared to a Snapdragon or, or has it left you disappointed as far as performance goes? Not disappointed. I, I wouldn't use uh, such a strong term, but I will say that I prefer Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 for any of the gaming that I do. Tensor can handle it, but it's just not quite as... Well, so I wouldn't compare it to the 8 Gen 1 because it should be its last year's chipset. So sure, it should sure. be compared to the 888. It's weird because it comes middle of the life cycle when compared to Qualcomm. So That's it's like true. It, should, it should be a half step up over an 888, but technically it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I completely agree with you there. As far as performance goes, it doesn't stack up against the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. That has yep. a clear advantage over it. But I think it did fairly well when compared mm-hmm. to last year's flagship devices. I, I agree. It, it did do pretty well. Um, and of course, like a spoiled tech reviewer, that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm comparing it to the 8 Gen 1. <laughs> but the um, I, I, I have plenty of fun gaming on it. It's just not the first one that I reach for when it comes to actually gaming, mobile gaming or emulation. Um, But everything Google says that Tensor helps with, I actually use. And I'm going to be a, I I will always be an advocate for how convenient Google Assistant makes things. Uh, Whether it's actually using the Assistant, like for example, just picking up the Pixel 6 Pro, holding the power button and just saying something that you want to know or asking a question or uh, directions home, stuff like that. That stuff actually works super well. And then, as I've said on previous uh, episodes, literally many of the messages that I send to the likes of Nick and Jaime, um, they're all done with voice. I hit that little icon on the Google keyboard and it can it can pretty much it it can it can it can transcribe. It delivers the transcription that you want. Yeah, very I mean, accurately. I have very few issues with voice transcription on a Pixel device where I think both of us have noted uh, that pick up a Samsung or pick up a Motorola and it's, it's there, say. it's just not quite as good. Exactly. Like, I, I remember coming to the Galaxy S22 Ultra, hit, uh, in, even installing... Uh, Google keyboard on there and then hitting the microphone button and trying to do the same thing. It just, oh, it just did not feel good. It just didn't, it was you weird. Feel dirty. Yeah. Feel <laughs> I felt, dirty. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was betraying my pixel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what I mean is it wasn't accurate. It wasn't as accurate as the pixel and it made me wish that I had the pixel again, um, which is wild. It's, it's wild that I make the consideration towards the pixel and it actually isn't all about the camera anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other features to a phone other than the camera. People point that out to us all the time in our reviews. Why do you spend (laughs) six minutes talking about a camera? Well, there's the other thing, too. On that point, I I, I don't remember if we talked about this. No, actually, we may have talked about it like post or pre-show recently. But someone called me out for not ever talking about call quality. 
And I finally said in my Xperia video, I don't take calls. <laughs> like I don't call people. Like if you want to contact me, if anyone in my life contacts me, it's via a Wi-Fi call on like mm -hmm. Telegram or Messenger and video calls. Yeah, That's just I how mean, it works. I, I'll say I do take my fair share of calls, but call quality on smartphones compared to what it used to be. And like, think back five, 10 years ago and how inconsistent it was from phone to phone as far as call quality goes, things are not the same anymore. We have three to five microphones on our devices that are offering background noise cancellation and isolation to amplify your voice. People on the other line are doing the same. Um, you know, the, the, we're making phone calls over Wi-Fi connections and 5G uh, whenever the phone is aggregating the right networks. Like the quality of the calls is so much better as opposed to the digital that were on borderline analog calls before. Like it was ridiculous how bad things were. So mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I don't touch on call, call quality anymore. Like I will point it out if it's bad. But if it's not bad, you want me to say in every review, hey, call quality was good. Like, yeah. like, what's the point of saying it if it's always the same answer? There are also variables involved because it's not just the like little phone speaker and its ability to actually like render your voice and what mm -hmm. what you what you hear. Where were you when you made a phone call? Yeah, all of the bands and all of the frequencies that might be used could mean you have a bad call, but it's not the phone's fault. It's not necessarily the phone's fault. It could it's be the, the network's fault. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I did have an idea one time of doing uh, what I would call the annoying test, where. You want that you want to you want a real life call quality test. Let me put it on speakerphone and walk in a public place talking to somebody <laughs> and see how yeah, that let's goes. do that one because that's what they're really asking for is what what's <laughs> because that's what people do. Oh my gosh, <laughs> not the uh, call out some people, but yeah, just walk it, it in happens. through the grocery store with the mm -hmm. speakerphone on for a twenty minute conversation. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, so we've 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 gone through um, what to ex not what to expect because we don't know what to expect just the design so far. Um, quick rapid fire: Pixel Buds Pro was announced. Um, it will come with uh, AMC? it does. Yes, it comes with ANC, like you said. So um, you called it, or everyone did, really. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm 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 for it. I'm aside from lemongrass, I I don't think of too many things about it that I have a mighty need for i'm looking forward to trying it i'm just saying it's not like the number one thing that i need in my life right now no i think the only other interesting thing that they pointed out is that they are using ai to detect if the earbuds have a tight seal in your ears because if you don't have a tight seal anc really doesn't work as well as it should and it will then compensate the anc detecting whether or not you have a tight seal or not. So yes, uh, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out in the real world, what what that actually is going to sound like. But that seems something to be a little bit different than what everybody else is actually pushing right now. Uh, so I think they might have, you know, a slight advantage with their, you know, work in artificial intelligence and, you know, mm -hmm that that whole aspect to give us something a little bit different on that end that being said they are going to be fairly expensive when compared to a lot of the other buds that are out there that you offer anc right now i think the this price point that a lot of people are shooting for is that 99 price point 
and I believe these are going to be one ninety nine. I believe. I think I think I think it was one ninety nine. Yeah, so um, they're it's, it's they're going to be fairly expensive. It's another one of those ploys by Google to say, "Hey, tap and hold to talk to Assistant and get all of your notifications through it." Like you know, Google mm-hmm. Assistant is of course going to be a marquee feature and. While a lot of you out there might say, why would I ever use that on a piece of earbud or whatever? I, do it. Like, try it. It's honestly try it. it's, pretty it's dope. Good. Yeah. As, as someone who goes running on a regular basis, and yes, I do have a smartwatch that I can look down at uh, to read a notification. But have you ever tried reading something from a smartwatch while you're running <laughs> down the road? That's not like... Uh, my eyes do technically have optical image stabilization, but it's not that good. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Try reading a notification off your watch while driving. I've almost crashed because of that. So <laughs> yeah, like, you were you were telling me that the other week. <laughs> like it's it, it. Well, that wasn't the reason why I ran that red light. If, if I remember what you were talking about, that wasn't the reason why I ran the red light. It was just I, I brain farted. Like it was it was literally just like brain fog. What's the, what do colors mean? Eh, <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Um, okay, so the last thing that I feel like we can really last couple of things. Let's let's go ahead and jump into Pixel Watch. Pixel Watch is huge right now. Um, we were during the watch party. We were looking at everyone's wrists, like which watch is that? Which watch is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. They were probably mostly Galaxy watches, to be honest. But yes, Pixel Watch. Um, thoughts on this? Uh, we don't know too much. But no, we don't know too much. We got a tease. We got a look at the hardware design. Uh, it is going to be a stainless steel frame for the watch itself. It's going to have proprietary um, bands that connect to it. It looks like there's a like I'm not a big a fan su- of proprietary bands, by by the way. Uh, so I, I see it in two ways here. Like, yes, the proprietary bands makes it limiting as far as what you can use with it. Mm-hmm. But them going the proprietary band route means, number one, they're committed to it as far as they put in the engineering work in order to create a proprietary band system. But they've also likely had to go out to, I don't know, a dozen or so partners for launch to say, hey, we have this system. You need to make bands that support this. Sure. Which means this is going to be a big deal for Google. They're going to have a huge marketing campaign behind this watch. They're, the fact that they did something like this to engineer it takes a lot of money. To support it takes a lot of money, which means they're going to put a lot of money behind it to make sure it is not a failure. If it is if it is on the level of... Because um, I, I, I'm not... I'm not um... What's the term I'm looking here? I'm the the thought is not lost on me that while I am saying I don't like proprietary bands, I am still a lover of the Apple Watch, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is proprietary proprietary. Well, band. but I mean that's a whole ecosystem unto itself, right? That's what like, I was about to say. If Google does create this whole ecosystem that allows for third party customization and all that stuff, that's great. It's just my first thought is, well, it's gonna take a while to get there. Mm-hmm. This is the first oh, Pixel totally Watch, will. and yeah. It totally will. But like, so the last week or so, right before Google I.O., there were a handful of articles that hit the web from Android publications to other uh, tech publications, kind of calling out Google on the latest version of Wear OS and its, you know, proprietary launch with Samsung and the closed ecosystem that it's created this past year, not allowing other OEMs to jump into the fold with the latest version of, of Wear OS. Right. 
And uh, there was a couple that said Wear OS is dead. And then Google came out and said, uh, I'm looking for the numbers here, that I think the number of activated Wear OS smartwatches increased by five-fold over the last year, which means their approach to bring Samsung into the fold and give them an exclusive has paid off huge dividends already for the Wear OS platform. Mm -hmm. And it's now shot up to being the number two smartwatch platform only a couple percentage points as far as activations go for this past year behind uh, I or watch OS, which mm -hmm. is insane. I wasn't expecting those numbers to be that high, but um, if they can continue that momentum going into later this year with the pixel watch, having a huge marketing campaign behind the smartwatch. And I think there are so many Android users who have been waiting for this watch for years now. I think those sales numbers are going to skyrocket as far as the platform goes. And then they're saying this latest version of Wear OS is going to be rolling out to Fossil and other brands as well, right, which means right. everybody's going to get it, pushing the entire ecosystem forward even further. Which Samsung has that exclusive, sure. And we all did get an email saying that Samsung is going to finally bring updates to the Wear OS on the current Galaxy Watch, including Google Assistant this summer, which I was like, Good, it's good about move. darn time. It's about time. Clearly, you have to get it out by summer because if you wait around or if you just kind of forget Everybody about it. Everybody else is going to have it. Yeah. And then uh, the Pixel Watch comes out. Everyone gets that. Everyone throws away or or not throws away because e-waste, but <laughs> everyone gives up their Galaxy Watches. So, yeah, Samsung better, you know, make they better get that train rolling is all I'm saying. Um, the other thing they, they talked about a little bit is deep integration with Fitbit and the yep. Fitbit ecosystem with the Pixel Watch. Uh, they didn't really say what that means. Um, I think we're all assuming that they're going to be following Apple's footsteps and deliver pretty much everything that Apple does. I mean, if you have a Fitbit device right now, you know how much better that is at tracking your steps and your runs than a regular Wear OS smartwatch is if you're just using Google Fit or the OEMs, you know, proprietary fitness tracking software. Personally, I use third-party services like Strava or MapMyRun uh, to track my runs just because it allows me to go from device to device and not be locked in on one specific platform. But uh, if Fitbit's going to be this overarching system that's coming first to Pixel, and they said it's going to be coming to other Wear OS devices later on, uh, as far as what that looks like, we still don't know. So I'm really curious to see what that entails once it's finally unveiled. Yeah, 100%. All right. Final thing to talk about, since we don't have a whole lot of time to really like go through so many things, but we got we to gotta just talk a little bit about the return of Google Glass. Uh, I have to give Google a lot of credit for actually, for lack of a better term, niching the glasses a little bit because... Mm -hmm by niching it to this whole language translation, seeing it in real time as someone is talking to you. So clearly they're gonna be mics and speakers, um, maybe speakers on these uh, glasses. And this was a prototype, so we have no idea if this is what it's actually gonna look like. It actually looks pretty good though. They, they, look, like a, they look like a proper pair of, not aviators, wayfarers. They, they look like a proper pair of wayfarers. But to see that little teaser of them in action between people of, of different languages, I low-key got kind of emotional watching that video. 
Um, and it was it was pretty profound. And I hope that this is exactly what we're going to see coming out of Google Glass with this level of effectiveness, I'll say. Um, any thoughts on Glass? Yeah, I think, I mean, they didn't even call it Glass. They didn't true, call true. it anything. And they were simply talking about, you know, being able to use technology to connect people. And uh, they were showing essentially a concept of what smart glasses could be. It wasn't anything about watching a video or checking your notifications or using Google Maps. It was simply a tool between two people in order to be able to communicate better. And I think um, taking that step back and not saying what is everything that we can do with a product like this, instead saying what is the most important and most effective thing we can do, I think that is a great approach. And I think this whole approach that Google's done the last couple of years to focus less on, you know, they used to be a, a Sundar Pichai said it, I think a couple of years ago, we're shifting from a mobile first to an AI first approach in everything that we do. And the original iteration of Google Glass was a mobile first. What is all the information I need with me at all times? Mm-hmm. And now this is an AI first. What is communication at its most fundamental level? How are we communicating one person to another? And what are the barriers that are between us? And how do we solve that with artificial intelligence? Not necessarily um, what does the hardware look like, but what does the service look like? And how do we use that? And I think that's a good approach. I I do too. Um, A quick shot, as far as, since you were mentioning like what, what what facets of what Google has at their fingertips to actually put into a product like this? I got to give a shout out to an old friend, um, our old. Oh, I don't I don't know if you ever actually worked with them a little bit, but I I did Focus by North because that was another thing that I realized. This whole te- this technology of actually projecting things onto the lenses of the glasses as they were showing. Um, in this video, so you can see the real-time translation through the lenses of the glasses. Then my first thought was, wow, they bought Focus by North and we're finally seeing something come out of that because that was their mm-hmm. technology. So yeah. I'm I'm just glad to see both glass, even though it wasn't really called glass, and something, something from Focus finally kind of be shown to us again. And it made me feel really good because, man, that that is exactly what tech is supposed to do. That is exactly... Mm-hmm what it's supposed to allow us to do. And for anybody who has taken, uh, <laughs> this might be a small group of people who are actually listening, but if you are part of our listeners, you know whatever, you know, you, you, you're gonna have the same feeling as I do. If you've ever taken a pixel to Japan, <laughs> I know it's a very specific situation, but man. All two of you. <laughs> it was a sublime experience. And I use that word a lot, but not only was it fully supported, by the networks that are in Japan. So that that obviously helped. But using live translation, using translation at all, even if you just go into Google Translate, say a sentence and like wait for it and then show it to somebody, those little things matter. Because in everyday life, what seems little in the lens of this is just a tech product, when you extrapolate that to a real life situation, that's why it matters. And we get so tunnel visioned into, oh, it's just, it, I, I get kind of sick of the whole, like, um, someone was saying 
that I, I think there was a comment on one of my old videos, not old videos, but my Ray-Ban videos that had the the camera and the speakers mm-hmm. built in, the Facebook glasses. And someone was like, so it's just headphones for your glasses. And I'm like, we need to get out of this mentality that we can just shrug off how tech, how products, how things are made. Because sure, it's great that we can understand where this stuff comes from and how exactly it's being engineered. But then when you extrapolate it and put it into the real world situations, that's where the excitement happens. Yeah. And I, I, I loved that presentation of, I'm going to keep calling it Google Glass, but I loved <laughs> that presentation because that's exactly what, I was, what I'm trying to say here is that you could, anybody could look at that and just be like, oh, it's just a screen on your glasses. Yeah. But look at how, what are you doing with that screen what are you on doing your glasses? And exactly. It was, I can't, I'm, I have like a whole, I have a whole like ice latte in my system. I have a lot of energy. So, so I'm kind of giving out this, this energy at the moment, but I, I mean it, I mean it. Like it's, it was a big deal when I saw that. And it was great that they ended it with that presentation. Cause I left thinking Google still, they still got it. They still have this, um, ability to make me excited. Yeah. So to that point, still being excited. I know we're we're over an hour already. I know we thought it was going to be like half an hour. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's honestly, there was so much unveiled. And one of the there's I, I think we can go really quick over some of the other things that no were like yeah. stood out. Uh, they they had all these updates to uh, search and they, they called it search anywhere that any way that you want. They had this new thing called scene exploration. So, you know, right now you can pick up your phone, turn on the camera, and it will recognize a product for you. So imagine with scene exploration, you're in a grocery store in like the cereal section, and you can use the phone and like swipe left and right to get the entire scene in there. So you see all the all the cereals. And then you say, I want the highest rated uh, chocolate cereal with no corn in it. And it will do a Google search. And then with an overlay, it will highlight with a user rating for the highest rated with search criteria that you spouted and find what you wanted in the store, which seems completely insane. They, the demo that they used was uh, for chocolate bars. They wanted a dark yeah. chocolate that didn't have nuts in it, uh, which is insane. Like they they can do that now. They didn't say exactly when it's going to be rolling out. We should see it sometime this year uh, or definitely before next year's Google I.O. because usually they do that. They take a good 10 months to, to roll things out. But that was a, a neat thing that I thought was interesting. And then with Google's smart speakers, they're going to have a new look to talk capability if you want to enable it where you can simply look at your smart speaker and some of their new ones have... Uh, built-in cameras. Other than other ones have the solely uh, lidar sensor in them, and it will recognize that you are looking at the smart display, and you can speak to it without having to say the hot word in order to turn it on, uh, which is going to be nice. And then the new or old rollout of Google Wallet again mm, for like the that's ninth right, Google time. Wallet. Can I, I will go uh, on record to say, though, I'm not going to use a digital version of my driver's license. There's going to be someone who just won't take it. I honestly oh, believe completely. that. Oh, uh, completely. Yeah. Like, you will always have to carry your wallet with you. Like, I don't care. Like, 
Home Depot here doesn't accept the wallet. Like they only roll it out <laughs> to certain, certain stores. Like I can't even go to a national chain and use NFC payments. That's true. Google yeah. wallet. Like it's insane. So like you're never going to be able to give out your wallet completely. But uh, essentially they're rolling out all the same features that you get with Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. Um, your digital IDs, loyalty cards, credit cards, concert tickets, uh, vaccination cards, medical records. They're making it your one-stop shop for all of your wallet information, uh, which mm-hmm. is a nice thing because they, they went this way for a little bit. They took it back. They're like, no, now it's only payment. So now I can do this other thing. Oh, I guess we're going to do all of it. So yep. uh, I think I think the one thing that turned it was vaccination cards, which everybody's using everywhere all over the globe. Uh, And then also uh, with Apple's uh, push into this segment really hard and getting um, a handful of states on board already with digital IDs. And once they saw that states were actually willing to do it, they're doing it for Apple. Uh, the backend's probably going to be pretty much the same. Why not roll it out for Google as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be nice to have those features. This is just where I kind of draw the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like I this. honestly, like I, I have Google Wallet and I have a lot of my cards in there. I pull out my credit cards every single time to make payment. Like it's I, just I have easier. actually used GPay a lot recently. I mean, I only really use one credit card because I'm trying to get all of the points on that one card. So I do have it registered to both my Apple and GPay. Um, so I am tapping everywhere. I'm, if anything, that's the biggest thing is um, over the last few years, we finally have a much greater proliferation of NFC payments. And thank God for that. Um, there was a while where we weren't sure just how far it was going to go. And we were mm-hmm. very uh, jealous of places like the UK where you can even use Apple Pay and- to get on the 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 tube you can get on well i mean in new york you can finally do that too finally yes finally and i think that just rolled out within the last year year and a half uh but there are surprisingly a lot of cities for their bus systems um their bus passes have been nfc bus passes for years and so you could you could actually add your nfc bus pass to your smartphone and just use your smartphone for years you could hack it but now they're rolling out official app supports for that as well tap tap to pay um, everything to, to, to go back everything. to my to, to go back to my previous point uh, a pixel in japan that was another reason why it was amazing yeah because you use it for well, you, you go up to the vending machines and tap to pay years exactly ago. years mm-hmm. ago or like we're getting that here now and it was years ago uh other thing uh connected ecosystem with the rollout of matter across multiple platforms now supported by google amazon and apple uh we're finally getting this connected ecosystem where it should be a lot easier to add smart devices to your smart home uh with a single scan uh, within the google home app you can be able to add you know smart light bulb smart plug anything like that within seconds rather than minutes uh, making the whole thing a lot easier to deploy which is kind of nice but then with that whole connected ecosystem too they're also talking about interconnectivity between devices as well similar to what apple has Uh, Being able to copy and paste things like links, URLs, text, images from one device to another. So copy and paste an image from your smartphone to your Chromebook uh, 
uh, or any Chrome browser as well, which is going to be kind of nice. I, I've been waiting for this kind of integration for a long time since Apple's kind of been ahead in that game for years now. That is one of the profound thoughts I had leaving um, the keynote uh, as the keynote was ending. They had this whole display of all the Pixel devices, and it looked very, very similar. Maybe not quite to the way that Apple has done it because they've been doing their ecosystem for years, but I kind of saw like shades of Samsung, shades of the Galaxy ecosystem in that display of all of the devices that they're about to have from Nest to Pixel to Pixel Watch uh, to the Pixel tablet, which is another thing. And it, it's it's exciting because, yeah, if you are, we all are in one way or another appreciative of the Pixel smartphone. And now it's about to get supported by a lot of stuff. So I, the ecosystem, like you were saying, like I'm just extrapolating it to the Pixel in particular, but mm -hmm. this whole ecosystem is starting to become a thing and I love it. Um, one thing I do now, since we are spitballing for the last like 10 or so minutes, you know what? I'm, I'm totally fine with this being a chunky episode. I may not even be able to do an episode next week. So that's all. <laughs> um, but the, the other thing that I, that we joked about it, I know I did on Twitter and we joked about it a little bit during the, uh, during the uh, watch party, Google assistant, always getting updates and whatnot. One of the most profound updates that was, that, that is, that was announced for it is the fact that it can actually for what's the best way to put this it will keep the conversation with you so like mm -hmm. you're trying to ask it a question but if you kind of go hmm where's that thing from the one what's movie? It called, uh... yeah exactly and my favorite part is google going mm -hmm, go ahead mm -hmm. it's like it's like it's like it's mildly like, I'm still encouraging listening. yeah i'm still listening you can get your thought out don't worry yeah so <laughs> continuing conversation i don't know what it's called but yeah they showed off where someone asked i think it was like a song by a band's name and they got half the name of the song wrong and uh, they, yeah they, they, florence and the machine i think it was like florence and um <laughs> florence and the something yeah they said yeah. florence and the something and google assistant got it right so well i mean honestly i've been noticing google assistant the last year it's had its issues as far as recognizing that a command is being given and I'm not sure what that is. I, I, a lot of people have been kind of echoing that same thought. Like there's there's some issues where it's it's not really sure what's going on sometimes. But then the amount of things that it does get right, where I'm thinking there's no way it's going to know the answer to this query or give me anything relevant at all. And it comes back and has exactly what I'm looking for. And the the best is... When my kids, I have I have a daughter who's ten years old, and she just asked Google anything and everything. Like when she asks us something, we're like, I don't know what that is, and then she just runs to the kitchen and asks the Google speaker for the answer to it. And her her questions are like thirty words long, and it parses out what she's actually talking about and gives her a relevant answer, which is incredible. But yeah, now they're being able to parse out the different voice inflections and speech habits that we have when we're formulating a thought in conversation that typically have been hard for voice assistants to parse out in the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, okay. Was, is there anything else that we kind of needed to cover? I did mention Pixel tablet, but we don't have a whole lot to talk about there. Um, yeah. So they, they mentioned a Pixel tablet, showed off 
what I'm assuming is still prototype hardware or an early design, but saying it's coming in 2023, which yeah. kind of hints at, I think this is more, people were asking why show off a product that's 12 months out. And my answer to that is to tell app developers, we have our own tablet coming. So get your apps updated because it's coming. And, it, um, and they preceded that hardware announcement uh, with a look at updated tablet software anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely going like the whole at a glance thing um, to see one half be your notifications, the other half be the quick settings and all of that like that. It finally like, <laughs> like it kind of well, feels like the, something the that should have been a thing. Yeah, a while the persistent ago. app dock at the bottom that kind of mirrors Chrome OS a little bit mm -hmm. um, for quick app switching. I, I think they're trying to make it clear that they are being serious about Android tablets, but they also revealed the Android ecosystem, especially for tablets, is already huge. Uh, I think they said 270 million active Android tablets currently, mm -hmm. uh, which is not a small number at all. Like it's nowhere near the number of smartphones and definitely not as many uh, iOS tablets, but still that's a huge number, which means app developers need to get on, on the right page and give us really good apps because anyone who owns an Android tablet knows how bad the app ecosystem is when you have a large green device like that. It's uncomprehendably bad. In some ways, it's not it's not much better on even an iPad. Uh, there are holes in it, the app development it, there too. No, I agree there, but it, I would say it's dramatically better on iPad sure. than it is on iOS. Like it, which I find funny because the the example I'll, I'll that say they, this. oh yeah, I'll say this. apps scale better on Android than they do on iOS when you make them tablet versions yeah right they they scale up better as far as the filling in that space than ios uh, apps do but um, it's it, but as far that, as that's the what number i found of apps funny though specifically built for tablets is yeah it's it's still skewed it's, for sure it's skewed. yeah um but that, that that brings me to my thought which was i still find it funny because on stage they knew who they were talking to because one of the main examples of like a better interface for an app was tiktok and mm -hmm. i post on tiktok regularly now uh, doing that on an iPad because I prefer the keyboard for uploading on there um, and and whatnot. It's still a horrible experience. Like I still have to take the iPad off my little like keyboard thing and turn it vertical. Flip it around. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, but it's only convenient because I have a keyboard to type out all of my tags and in ca captions. But on the uh, on the Google side uh, on on a Pixel tablet, it, it might be a lot more palatable. Uh, and do you have a Chromebook Duet from Lenovo? I do. It, I think it, I think I see it. You, sh you should there. see what the TikTok app, the Android TikTok app looks on Chrome is probably better than the iOS TikTok <laughs> app. On Maybe so. If I wasn't, if I wasn't airdropping all of the stuff that I make on the laptop to the iPad to post on social media, like that's really the only reason why I do it. Like you that's just an put it in Google thing. Drive. That takes way longer, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Look, I, I'm it, just being facetious. It used to be Telegram. It used to be Telegram is what we use. Uh, like personal saved messages. You can make a chat with yourself and just upload things on Telegram. That used to be the way that we do it. And it still is from time to time. But man, if I can airdrop it. Did from you there. ever use AirDroid? I did. Um, AirDroid I was, was my service of choice to get stuff from device to device. 
Ah, uh, haven't used I it have in used about it two years. Same. It's been a while since I've used it. Um, before we, we're starting to get on tangents, so let's be careful here. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> um, any final thoughts as far as IO is concerned before we close this out? No, I think it was overall a good show. Um, I wish they would have given us a little bit more, uh, a deeper look into Android 13. Uh, we've seen beta and beta 2 uh, rolled out right at IO as well. Uh, but they didn't give us any new information that we don't already know that's been uh, shown off in beta one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know we're going to be seeing more of that coming up with, um, you know, the different betas rolling out. And then finally, when the Pixel uh, 7 devices come out. But last year at Google I.O., we got a much deeper dive, I think mainly because they were completely changing the user interface. Uh, but hopefully they have some more. Uh, information to share and more features with Android 13 that they're going to be sharing sometime in the near future. And there we go. Um, did you did you install your developer preview already after it pushed um, I, to my phone? I, I have not. I am still on Dev Preview One um, on my Pixel Five. I, I I guess I should go hit that update button and uh, <laughs> get that installed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, everybody who is listening who might be on a Pixel, um, you have a developer preview that you can go ahead and start installing. I, I need it. I have actually seen some bugs in beta one so far. Um, but yeah, with all that said, that's everything uh, we were talking. <laughs> I think we mainly got carried away with the Sony talk, and that's why this episode got really long. Uh, but hopefully everyone enjoyed listening to this, uh, I'll call it the chunky episode of uh, the Pocket Now Weekly. Uh, anything that you want to plug? Um, you mentioned your top, uh, your your what was it, top announcements from Google I.O. article? Yeah, if you want to go to fandroid.com, we have a recap of the top 12 announcements from Google I.O. Um, even though we spent spent a long time talking about a lot of Google I.O. stuff. There's so much more that we didn't touch on. So For sure, check yeah. that out, uh, head on over to Vandroid.com. Jaime also brought hella energy to his daily talking about I.O. He, he, he pretty much called the show like one of it was wild. There was a lot of great stuff. Um, all right. Well, all the links for Nick and Fandroid um, at large are found in the show notes. And as far as myself and Pocket Now at large, I will get through all of those links in the outro starting now. As I said, all of the links for Nick Gray and Fandroid at large are found in the show notes. As far as I am concerned, you can find me across the internet at JVTechT. That's JV because I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. From there, you can head over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, where I do have a video giving a lot of thoughts on the Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV. After that, we have Pocket Now. Pocket Now is found at pocketnow.com for the latest headlines, at Pocket Now on social media, and at the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Pocket Now for video content that's coming out pretty much every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I hope I'll be able to bring you an episode next week, but I am going to be abroad, uh, so we'll see what happens. In any case, I will just see you in the next one. <laughs>